you'll remain standing in honor of God's Word as we read today from Luke 17, starting verse 11 through 19. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was going through the region between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten lepers approached him, keeping their distance. They called out, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were made clean. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. He prostrated himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus asked, Were not ten made clean? But the other nine, where are they? When none of them found to re- was none of them found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Please be seated. Thank you, Zachary, Farrell, all the choir. What a wonderful joy it is to hear you today. I want to share with you the second time I've been with you. Uh, it's, it's a joy to be here. Uh, Lee and Joyce Ann McKinney, some family friends of ours from way back. Indeed, Joyce Ann was one of the nurses on duty at Swisher Memorial Hospital in Tulia, Texas, when I decided to make an appearance in the world. Um, She somehow survived that. Not sure how that happened. But, uh, of course, many of you know I was pastor at Kingswood for many years here in town and retired a little early, but not quite a whole lot early, as that wonderful day of six happens on the 2nd of March. So I'm almost there, um, but reached the point because of health and other reasons um, and the fact I could afford it, uh, just retired a little early. But I've been doing a ministry I call Musings from a Country Pastor, and I asked for your prayers for it the last time, and I want to kind of update you a little bit with that. I'm in the middle of writing a book, a devotional commentary on the Gospel of Luke, Uh, We have published now uh, several devotionals, over two years' worth of devotionals, one-page devotionals that are published on email and also on Facebook and YouTube. And just continue to pray. Uh, I'm always amazed at how little I know about what I do. And that means I need prayer. And you all have been part of that, and I want to thank you for that. Our subject today is the story of ten lepers. Now, some of you have been in Sunday school since you were knee-high to grasshoppers, and you know all the facts I'm fixing to tell you for a little bit. And it's going to be a temptation for you to check out and not hear the rest of the sermon. But I'm going to give some of that background, that backstory, if you will, because not everybody knows it. So if you know the story, 
I give you permission to just for a moment turn the volume down, and I'll tell you when to turn it back up here in a minute. Okay? I'm just going to admit that to you. Leprosy, there's two different kinds of leprosy, and it was mostly a fungal disease during that day and time. Now it is mostly a bacterial disease, though the fungal disease is still around. But if you were to visit a leper colony, as I did in India at one time, you will find that mostly that's a bacterial disease. But leprosy today is no big deal. We can attack it with a wide variety of antibiotics and antifungal agents, and we can take care of it. But in that day and time, it was extremely infectious, and it was a life sentence of loneliness. You were going to be isolated from society because everybody knew if you wanted to catch leprosy, all you had to do was be around a leper. And it didn't take very long. They were ostracized. They would walk around and say, Leper! I'm a leper! You have to stay away. I'm a leper. Can you imagine living like this? But human beings are social animals. And so they didn't stay alone for very long. They began to get into groups of fellow lepers. And that meant some of the other social barriers came down because they couldn't do it. So here is a Samaritan with a bunch of Jews. Now, I don't know if you remember from your Sunday school lessons, and I've already told you, if you can check out, you're still checked out, all right? But Samaritans were considered by Jews to be a waste of skin. They were half-breeds. They were half-Jewish and half-Gentile. They worshipped Yahweh, they worshipped the Lord God Almighty, but they didn't do it right according to the Jews. So what in the world's going on here? He's together with them because leprosy has isolated them from the rest of the world. And human beings are social animals and they and we have to be with somebody else. They approach Jesus. He is going through Samaria. Big deal. Jesus usually was the only one that did that. Everybody else went around. Jesus and the disciples went through Samaria, almost always. He's going through Samaria, and here are these ten lepers. Now, Jesus touched lepers, which was a big deal. Think about it. They are isolated to be touched by a human being when you cannot be touched, when you cannot even be close. Think about what that would meant to a leper. But these ten lepers understood their position, if you will. And they said, Jesus, have mercy on us. Jesus commanded them to go and show themselves to the priest. Now, this is a weird thing to us. Uh, and I'll be honest, in my life as a pastor of a church, I am glad I did not have this job. I did not have to check out medical diseases. 
This didn't have to do that. Thursday, I went to Dr. Murrow's office. Uh, I had been to Dr. Parikh's office before that that morning. I, you know, other people do that in our world. Thank God. This preacher is extremely grateful. But guess what? In that day and time, the ones who were chosen, the ones who had the knowledge, were the priests. Go and show yourself to the priests. Why? Because they had to be checked out to make certain that the leprosy was gone. And then they could say, I don't know if they handed them a certificate. I don't know. They wasn't a certificate like you and I mean. But some way, the word got out. The priests have checked them. They're clean. They could go back to their families. They could go back to their lives. So here they are. Go and show yourself to the priest. All ten of them go. Jesus usually, not always, but usually had some act of faith that you had to perform in order to be healed. This was the act of faith. They turned around, they went. Boom! Guess what? The leprosy is gone and they notice it. I mean, leprosy is kind of hard to miss. Your skin rots. It can deform your fingers. It can make you blind. They're healed. One of them turns around. The Samaritan that was in the crowd. He turns around and he comes back. All right, now remember I told you that I would tell you when you could turn the volume back up, if you already knew the first part of this, that time has arrived. Turn the volume back up. Why was the Samaritan the only one that turned around? Because the nine Jews felt entitled. They knew that they were God's chosen people. If they're God's chosen people, then God owes them a healing. Did you hear me? God owes them a healing. After all, we're part of him. Not only are we part of him, guess what? God is fortunate to have us on his side. Now that sounds awful to us, but let me give you a few examples. When I was in India, I already referred to that once. When I was in India, we were at a restaurant, and a fairly high restaurant for that part of the world. I mean, it wasn't um, the Waldorf Astoria. I'm mixing my metaphors here. That's a hotel. I know that. I'm sorry. But it wasn't Dakota Steakhouse. It was more like Taco Bell. But for there, that's a big deal. Okay? Here we are. We asked the waitress for ice cream. It was on the menu. We're out of ice cream. Now, why'd she tell us we were out of ice cream? Because we were Americans. She didn't like Americans. She wished we would go home. I'm serious. And we just took it at face value at first. Here's an Indian couple. They come in, sit down. Their kids are with them. They ask for ice cream. Guess what? Out comes the ice cream. We were a little upset about that. 
We were entitled to ice cream. After all, we had money. Now, how many of us in our own land have said, you know, I've got money. I'm entitled to this. I, 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 we talk like this. Do we not? I do. And if you want to get really particular to our friends to the east, you know that land that we call Tejas or Texas or other things, that place, and I'm from there, okay? If you think I just insulted you, hey, buddy, I am pointing the finger at me. Uh, but anyway, Texans have a way of being a little uh, uh, ostentatious, bigoted. We, they call themselves sometimes homo superius, so a superior form of human. You, you know this, right? Entitled. We can go through life feeling entitled. Now, I know none of you do that. I know you're all pure as the, as the wind-driven snow. I know you are. <clears throat> but if we go through life feeling that God owes us, and that every good and perfect gift, which comes from above, by the way, every good and perfect gift we had coming, then guess what? We're not going to be very thankful. In fact, we, we go through Thanksgiving Day and we're just glad to stuff ourselves with turkey one more time. Now, folks... That's no way to live. It's really not. It is good to say thank you to each other and to God. In fact, I invite you to try this with your spouse. Say thank you for a week everything they do. I'll guarantee you, you have a different spouse because they're going to be in such shock they don't know what to do with you. I'm being a little facetious, but we take each other for granted, do we not? And in some ways, that's a good thing. We want our spouse to take us for granted. We really do. Otherwise, why would we have bothered to say I will at the altar? Thankfulness, but especially to God. When we're thankful to God for every good and perfect gift, think about it. I drive a Chevrolet Colorado 4x4. Is it a good idea to tell God thank you? I was able, by the grace of God, to retire early. Is it a good thing to tell God, thank you? I may have all kinds of issues that bother me, 
But guess what? Health-wise, I'm more talking about. But guess what? I still feel well enough to stand before you today. And it's good to give thanks for that, is it not? I can go on like this for a long time, but I see my time is growing short, and I also know that y'all are not the dumbest people on the planet, and you've got my point. (laughs) But we can go through life one or two ways, entitled or thankful. I want to encourage you to be thankful. Now, Jeb asked me, he gave me two things. He said, you can preach on what you want to. You never tell a preacher that. Or you can preach on Thanksgiving. So that's what you got today. But I want to encourage you to be thankful for your pastor. I don't know what you think of him. I have no clue. But I can tell you this. If you want a better preacher, do two things. Tell him that you're grateful that he or she is your pastor and pray for them. You'll get a better pastor. I guarantee it. I got 38 and a half years of experience with that. I do know something on that subject. Tell him. Tell him you're grateful. It's a hard time in the United Methodist Church right now. He's leading you through that time. Tell him you're grateful. Let's see, what do we got up next? We've got offertory. Okay, offertory and offering, and I don't think I'm in charge of that, or am I? Well, Ushers, if you will come. If I'm in charge, I'm in charge. We'll do it. Let us pray. Gracious God, you have given us the ability to say thanks. We ask now that you would take this offering as but a sign of our gratitude to you. In Jesus' name, amen.